Friend Anthony Show. Before I introduce Kat Greenleaf, mm-hmm. our guest tonight, I have to tell you that I've been standing here for uh, several minutes trying to figure out why they can hear me and I can't hear them. And I'm yelling and I'm running around. And I'm, I, It's a new computer. I'm blaming the computer. I literally pulled the jack from my headphones out of the microphone. Mm-hmm. Because I got caught in my sweater. Like, this is, what's wrong with me? I have, I have one of these days. Do you have one of these days, like, you just, you're, like, dropping things all day. You know, you're tripping on stuff. You, I just, I had one of these days that I can't, like, for some reason, butterfingers all day. I've had a whole day of this. Why are you holding your mic? What happened to the mic stand? Don't even get me started on that. I'm just, I'm holding my mic right now. Just What happened to your mic stand? <sighs> it, that's its own little story. Um, So... It's one of these clamp ones, mm. and it was clamped onto a piece of wood up at one of my on one of my desks, and now it's broken. The desk is broken. The wood is broken. Yeah. So you broke the thing. Yeah, I broke the thing. So I have the stand. I just don't have anything to put it on. I can hold it. You want to see hey, it? I can hey, just hold how, it. In my hand. How did you break it? Um. No. It's it was like an old piece of wood, and I was uh-huh. I, I was I was trying to tighten it. Old wood. It no. was old wood, dude. Mm-hmm. Old old wood. And I was trying to tighten it, thinking like, this should be tighter. And the next thing I knew, it was not very loose. <laughs> it was on the floor. <laughs> I feel like I'm speaking in euphemisms. <sighs> I told you, I'm having one of those days. Like, this would not have happened to me. Yesterday, I was on my game. I was like, people, <clears throat> lozenge. Somebody lights up a, a cigarette, you know, match. Like, I was ready for everything yesterday. Like, no matter what anybody needed, you know, I'm hungry, here's a kind bar. Like, whatever anybody needed yesterday, I was fucking on it. But um, tonight, for some reason, I'm just like, I, I don't know. It's almost like I'm literally- you nervous. No, you're like my best friend. I've known you forever. I'm making me nervous. I should be calmer with you here, but for some reason, I'm just dumber. Maybe you because you're great. so smart, I've gotten dumber. I don't know. <laughs> Anthony is so smart. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm the corner, cornerstone here. Yeah. Eating up all the intellectual good <laughs> We'll just sit here and look pretty, right, Coops? Yeah, that's our job. That's our job. Um, <laughs> Only one of you is doing your job well. <laughs> <laughs> Take great extension. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the joining us tonight, by the way, the voice you're hearing is Kat Greenleaf, and she is not only one of my closest friends, my ride or die, somebody who's been in my life, you know, almost as long as my parents, really. Like, my sister I never had. Um, but... Kat, you probably know Kat Greenleaf from the show that she created, Talk Stoop. And, you know, in my world, I, when I think about that, you are the first person to work from home. Like, we all did it yes. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. You're so right. I've often felt that way. Real trendsetter, you know? Yeah, you pioneered working from home. <laughs> and like that, Zoom. Yeah, it'd be so crazy. Like, she, you know, I'd be at my house and she'd be at her house, except Jennifer Lopez would be there. <laughs> That's how it went. What a weird job that was, right? How did you come up with that idea of sitting on your stoop talking to celebrities? I am an agoraphobic. I do not like to leave the house. Mm. And when my first son was born, I legitimately never wanted to leave the house. And uh, I came up with it one day, like, this would be a funny thing. I walked into the newsroom, put it out there, and nobody said no. So that's what happens. <laughs> Nobody did anything. <laughs> Nobody paid attention to me at all. So I just started doing it. And then the rest is history. It took off. People wanted to see it. Like what happened was you launched it and then it, it found its audience. 
Well, luckily, it found its audience exactly where it was in the back of taxis. So before, in a world before Uber and in a world before your cell phone playing video, there were little TVs in the back of cabs and people right, were right. captive audiences. Mm. And it was a lucky, it was lucky timing, to tell you the truth, uh, because mm. people had to sit and watch it. And those people included publicists and celebrities and they wanted to be on in the cabs. So I truly have the cabs to thank for my uh, that chapter of my career. Interesting. I didn't know that. I thought, yeah. um, oh, I figured I don't even know. how. I don't, you know, all these years, I didn't even know that was your story. I knew it did well in cabs, but I didn't realize that was what put you on the map. I figured people I, were already watching it on TV, but yeah. No, I think it was, it was, well, because getting the bookings was what was important. And again, mm. it's when publicists were flying around Manhattan in yellow cabs, you know. How can and I get my client in a cab? Mm. 100%. Yeah, that was it. And so we really lucked out. And once again, I'd like to say a pioneer of mobile entertainment, right? This was before <laughs> yeah. people were looking at video on their cell phones. So, yeah. And COVID, you know, video. Right. Mm. Total pioneer. Yeah, <laughs> get it right here. <laughs> but now you're pioneering something brand new and something else. And again, like, again, friggin' pioneering stuff, like, amazing. Um, you're doing this project. Do you have a name for it, by the way? Does it does a program have a name? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a company. It's um, we are not a nonprofit because mm. in all my years on this planet, I have not figured out how to do anything without sustaining it by with cash. You know, right? Sure. All the the companies I read about and and um, campaigns I read about that get started and then stop is because they run out of cash. So we are for profit, and the name is Ray and Sons. It's my last name is Ray, and I have two sons. And so we are Ray and Sons, excuse me, Ray and Sons uh, Construction. But your kids have nothing to do with it because I've met them and they probably. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> last I think they probably, yeah, yeah, they stopped by. They, That's they right. Stop by. They stopped by. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what they don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like make something for them. So in the future, should they want to join a family business, there will be one. Mm. But the real key to what you're doing is more than just construction. Um, what you're yes, doing, ma'am. okay? So, did you come up with the idea first to find uh, people who were in prison who were looking for jobs? Did it start with wanting to help people who are incarcerated and now yes. free, or or how yes, did this I'll, happen? Let me back you up a little bit. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. So, um, about five or six years ago, we moved out here to Coney Island. Uh, I had lost that wonderful show that we spoke about earlier. So I was pretty down mm-hmm. uh, and not putting it glamorously. And so I spent a lot of time sitting here in Coney Island on the beach, getting better, healing from, you know, the previous few years. And so, so powerful was the ocean in that process that uh, I felt like I had to share it. it. It was too good. It was too special. It was too amazing to live in New York City and have a front row seat to the ocean, right? And so I wanted to share that with people and I wondered who needed the ocean as much as I had needed it. And as I sort of wondered that aloud to the universe, the answer came pretty quickly, people who lived in cages uh, need to see the water all the time. And so I didn't know how to bring the water to them. And then little by slowly, I put together the plan of finding uh, distressed waterfront properties because people don't really realize that New York City is a bunch of islands with a bunch of far-flung, watery neighborhoods that a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in, mm-hmm. except that live there. And right. uh, I have been to all of them, driving around, walking around, knocking on doors because I love watery neighborhoods. And so 
um, we found our first property on City Island in the Bronx, a really distressed three bungalow property right on the Long Island Sound. Um, we sold our home. We sold the stoop in order to buy the Bronx property. And we did. And uh, throughout the life of the project of renovating that property, we hired about 12 formerly incarcerated or justice-involved men and women to help us do it. How do and you find them? You just like, do you stand outside the prison and be like, uh, are you out? You're on parole? Good. What are, you do? what are you doing now? You busy? Just pull a bus and off and say, get on. come over? <laughs> yes. That is sort of how it ha- happens. Um, <laughs> I through an organization called Osborne, the Osborne Association, and they do a lot to help uh, returning citizens get employment. So that was my first round. Um, now that I've been sort of involved in the community, uh, people are referring people to me. And the word is out. The word is out. But then the best part of the whole formula to me is that we're now offering the houses for Section 8, which is a voucher program in New York City, all over the country, actually. Uh, it's a rent subsidy. Mm-hmm. And as a landlord, it's good business because I get paid no matter what. Mm. And tenants, it's really cool because they're living on the water now. <laughs> uh, right. When it's sort of an impossible market to find, you know, livable waterfront stuff that's affordable. And so we're trying to change that. So Section 8 means that stuff's now affordable for them and you also get paid. Correct. Right? It's subsidized by the city? By uh, It's a national program. And oh. then New York City also has... Uh, some voucher programs. Now we're at a really, sorry if I'm geeking out, but we're at a very interesting moment. No, here. geek out. Oh. We're, Anthony and I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> you know lots of things. But, uh, no, not really. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you one then and you can know this. So what's crazy is that New York City is urging people with city vouchers, okay, mm-hmm. issued by New York City, ready to pay rent. They are urging them to move outside the city where things are more affordable. Mm-hmm. And that is insane to me because these aren't just numbers. They're people. They have families. They have jobs. They have communities. They don't want to go to, you know, Terrytown. So this is one small way that we're able to do it. And while I'm at it, we added an Airstream trailer onto the Bronx property. And uh, we're going to do the same in the property we're doing now in Queens because I really believe in trailers for helping alleviate New York City's housing crunch. And um, I have a formerly incarcerated guy living in it now, and uh, it's right on the water. It's kind of the dopest little spot going. Uh, And I think if more New Yorkers saw fit to adding a trailer to their backyard or driveway, we could house that many more people. Wow. So uh, does he live there for free or like a little? uh, I charge him nominal rent because he's my guy. Like this morning he called me. And he should have some responsibility. He's not your child. He's not my child. Mm. He was a contractor who worked with me on the project. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I'll tell you actually what happened. The reason why I even opened it up to him is one day he showed up at work and he was not right. And I could tell he was depressed. Something was up. And I said, you know, you don't have to stay at work today if you don't want. He said, well, I don't want to work, but I really don't want to leave. And then we went in the Airstream and we talked and he chilled and I saw him relax and and how meaningful that was to him and being by the water. So when... When the time came, I asked if he wanted to move in, and he said he did. And I willed for it. And I have another formerly incarcerated guy in my waterfront house who I love. And so we've got two uh, returning citizens, returned citizens. I have a Section 8 family on that property and a, wow. a longtime City Island resident. So it's turned into a very cool little community, and that was what I was hoping would happen. Um, and it has. See, one thing you don't know about New York is the thing that blew my mind 
anywhere in the south that is in front of water, we build hotels on it. Yeah. We we throw up many apartments or a hotel or something. There's nothing like that in New York. Multi-tenant places. Can you no, build on the water? Can you build something like that on the water on your property? Can you pay me to do it? <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i can for the right price mm. i guess you could so you know again sold our house like now using our kids college fund so i can't do that right. but what i can do is uh continue to try to keep this project going um to open up the opportunities for waterfront employment and living to more people so how do you keep the project going? I mean, do you take donations? Do you get grants? Like, wh- how does where's the money come from? Thank you for asking. Um, like I said, the, for the first one, we sold our home. For the second one, we are using our kids' college fund. College fund. We're using our kids' college fund. Sounds like you need a college fund. I need. I'm so because the truth is, I can't even believe I'm saying those words out loud. Uh, it's look. Part of me is like, that's crazy. That was our thing. You're never going to touch. But uh, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop doing it, you know? And so, right. I, so, but now, but you're asking a good question. When this house is over, so I've, so we, uh, we found a distressed bungalow on Hook Creek in Jamaica, Queens, and I'm working with uh, a couple of formerly incarcerated guys. And I'm actually doing a lot of the work myself this time because uh, I'm out of cash. So when this is over, I need to find an investor uh, or someone who wants me to do this type of thing for them. If someone, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to work out how we're going to keep it going. Um, I would, you know, as you know, I applied for the David Prize in New York City, which gives two hundred thousand uh, dollars to people with ideas for helping New York, and so that would be lovely, but also kind of a pipe dream. So uh, I am spreading the word and seeing if people want to invest or want me to do it for them. I don't need to keep owning the properties. I want to keep hiring the guys. I want to keep being around the houses. I want to keep being around the water and and right, right, the gospel of waterfront living or just. You don't even have to live there just to visit the waterfront. I think people in New York don't totally connect with the fact that it's a water town, you know, because mm-hmm. spend our time inland. But um, anyway, I, listen, I'm I'm so passionate about it. I get lathered up every time I talk about it. Uh, so how do I keep it going? It's a good question, and I'm really trying. <laughs> Why don't you put camera crews in there? And I think this is a TV show. So, Anthony, I'll tell you. So, when I first started the project, and a lot Water of- stoop! <laughs> ex-contractors? Hi, um, <laughs> ex-contractors. That's that's clever. Like mm-hmm. it? Uh, yeah. When I first started the project, people said do TV. And I was like, no, no, no. Cameras ruin everything. But now that I'm facing um, a cash flow situation- You know what? Ask a Kardashian. They'll say the opposite, but go ahead. That, well, in their case, it really helped everything. But I just look, these guys are vulnerable. You know, they, they've just come out of prison. Mm. Uh, the gentleman I'm working with right now, he was in for 22 years. He's a 47-year-old guy. Mm. He came out in October. Yesterday, we did Google Earth. His mind was blown. Like, sure. he's a babe in the woods. So I didn't want the pressure of cameras and that and and drama and because also to make a show worth watching, there's gotta be some drama, right? And right. I didn't want to invite that kind of thing. However, television is the business I know, and I really think these stories need to be told. Um the way that we treat our returning citizens in this country is is rough. And that's uh, the drama right there is the real life story. 
Exactly. And then you trying to renovate a house to get them to move in. It's kind of like a Habitat for Humanity TV show with, with convicts. This is It writes itself. I think you start on TikTok. I think you just you just start a TikTok every day. You just do a new video of what's going on. Rolling everything, cameras. yeah. Every just keep rolling camera. Everything we just talked about, because that I mean that's where the the eyes are right now, and that's where people are going to find you. That's really interesting. You know, I don't do any social media. Um, I've never done it, so I. But this, you're not doing this for you. You're not doing this to be like, hi, I'm Kat Greenleaf. Watch me put on makeup. Right. That's, that's not that's right. what's happening here. It's literally you like, watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally like, um, you know, look at the here's what's going on. Here's who I am. Here's what's going on. But what look at it for yourself. And every day you show a different aspect of it. Every day, and you know, mm. TikTok videos are two seconds so you don't, yeah, have to, right. you don't have to make a big thing out of it and and collectively over the course of a week now you have a story of the course of the month now you have a bigger story i got you, know, you. you yeah you know i think this saying? is bigger than tiktok Ask i think your this children. is children <laughs> i think this is discovery channel i think this is a renovation show dude with dude, dude. tiktok's bigger than discovery channel no i'm saying for her money <laughs> that comes in no, i think TikTok this is a 30 is minute she- show TikTok is where she gets found, and then that's people find her there, and then they give her money. Mm-hmm. I thought this show is where I'm getting found. Oh, no. Well, no yeah. Nobody watches this show. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares show. about us. <laughs> I care. I have a lot of care for you. It, it's, so. it's a start. It's somewhere, but yeah. you have to run cameras, and you have to mic well, these people up and mic you up and ask the right questions. Which you know how to do really well. But, right. but by the way, Anthony, you probably don't know this. So when Kat Greenleaf, Greenleaf first started, she was a one-man band. I would mm. go visit her, and this was when she first started RNN. It was like her first TV thing. It was like her, God. a camera. She would produce everything. She would call, and she would book everybody she'd be speaking with she would show up there she'd put the stick up the camera she would put on her microphone she'd set up the camera fix her hair and then and then be like okay i'm gonna do another take and she was everything it was, it was only her it wasn't mm-hmm. her and a producer her and a boom guy no it was only her so this is a woman uh, who knows how to do this stuff you don't need to tell her well i learned some new stuff today i used a spray gun with paint for the first time and that was very <laughs> exciting have you guys ever gotten close to power tools no, but I've seen it on, I watch all those DIY videos and stuff. Oh my God, I would love one of those spray paint things. You can paint like a 4,000 room house in like two seconds. It's amazing. Girl, yeah. I, today I got two rooms knocked out. Like and it was <laughs> meditative and it was, you know, so that's definitely something I'm learning how to do. I also used a drill, which was really uh, yeah, exciting. Don't say anything like that to Cooper. She can't figure out how to plug in headphones. So <laughs> <laughs> she broke a microphone stand and she can't plug in headphones. And so, I've been in radio yeah, no. 20 years. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, 101, but it's okay, Mama. It's because you're, you know what? What's the, the Buddhist thing? Like you're always a student. You're a forever child. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, forever yeah. a child. That's a forever. good one. <laughs> forever, forever an idiot. That, hey, I think student, that's... What's the thing? You're not an idiot. Don't talk to my friend that way. <laughs> okay, so you made your your show by interviewing celebrities. And I'm I'm thinking it's the week for people named Cat to spill beans on celebrities. Is it it is that week? It is it, it's this week. So what yes. Okay. Give us a celebrity something that we didn't know that that surprised you when they were sitting 
on your stoop? I have a couple. It's what happened after the stoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Asner kissed me on the mouth, then went into my bathroom for a good 20 minutes. <sighs> and he came out and said, Kat, you did something to me that I've been trying to do for years. And I had no idea what that meant, but it really grossed me out. <laughs> 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 20 minutes it was really bizarro and then another one and by the way ed asner out of the hundreds of huge celebrities they ever had i was so excited to meet him because mm. harry tyler Moore. like i wanted to work with him you know and anyway it's not sort of how it went for me in the broadcast business i can't but- even imagine like now watching old episodes of mary tyler Moore and being like he tricked off to my friend <laughs> after one kiss (laughs) you know pretty decent lips over here anyway the other thing that was really crazy was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who I also am a big big fan Mm. so there's no shade but he did something so interesting so we used to have catering and at the end of the show I'm like hey you want to grab anything assuming he would take something from the catering tray and he was like "Mm -mm." and I said he's like what else do you have so I opened the pantry and that giant man took like, I had Tate's cookies in there. I had some brownies. <laughs> I had some other stuff. And he was like, okay, thanks. Bye. With the stuff, the half eaten cookie. Bag. You know, it was really wild. I don't know what uh, inspired that, but that happened. I thought that was pretty crazy. Uh, I love that. Um, other things from celebrities that I. Who did you geek out the most over? Like when they were coming over? Yeah, that yeah. that you just said, this is it. This is my career in a nutshell right here. Never happened. Really? Never. Yeah. Hmm. I. Uh, it's funny, I'm, I've never been a celebrity person. So, mm. you know, that talks to becoming a celebrity show was, was a mistake. You know, who I really wanted to interview in the beginning, it was Eli the Seltzer guy. It was my mom. It was the UPS guy. Like, I thought this was going to be just a local Brooklyn show. You right. asked me. I wrote some stupid dating book, and, and I was Seven writing for Cosmo them. Girl. And you right. were like, come to the stoop. I was like, you don't want to talk to me. I got nothing to say. <laughs> well, I definitely would have talked to you. But I mean, so the celebrity thing was an accident. Um, it was because I ran into Rosie Perez at a Latino AIDS function, like, two weeks into the idea. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I think you live in the neighborhood. and uh, You want to be on my studio? Like, yeah, I'll be on your stoop. And she came and like was awesome. And then Tommy Lee saw that. He was in a cab and saw it and told his publicist he wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's publicist got the word. And that's that's how it happened. So, okay. But so, listen, when Elliot Spitzer came over, that was a crazy one for me. It just seems so wild that this guy who used to be like this huge thing was sitting there making sex jokes on my stoop. So I that was, was post-scandal. Oh, yeah. Listen, that guy would have never come to me pre-scandal. Never. <laughs> you know, I only got people really on their way up or potentially on their way down. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, we got a lot of really, really strong guests, but I never got like Tom Cruise level guests. You know, we got like, um, oh, gosh, I don't even know who the mo- I mean, everyone- you had Jennifer Lopez. She's, Jennifer she's Tom Lopez. Cruise level. Yeah. And actually, we had a lot. And we had a lot of great. We had so many cool politicians. Oh, I know who. Duh. Thank you. Mavis Staples. Mavis Staples was the I could die happy. Mm-hmm. She let me sing with her 
And she invited me to her house for wings and wine. And we just, I really fell in love with that woman. So that was really great. Edie Falco was another. Oh, um, come on. You had Edie Falco. Did you tell her about me? Did you say Anthony wants to meet you right now? We need to call him. (laughs) She couldn't stop talking about you. Uh, See, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. (sighs) She couldn't stop talking about you. All right. I'll give you more. So there were only three people that I didn't that didn't like warm up immediately or that I didn't cotton to immediately. And it's odd because I'm fans. I'm Mm. fans because I'm fans. I'm a fan of all. Uh, It was Stanley Tucci, Jimmy Smits, and the guy who was in City Island. What's his name? Come on. City Island? The movie. The reason I ever knew about City Island was because this guy was on. Oh my God, he's famous. (laughs) <laughs> what's the actor's name <laughs> can't think. Andy Garcia oh. oh okay and it was the only time I was like god what is it and I said to each of them something wrong like what's going on and then they let their breath out I don't know what it was maybe I wasn't warm and welcoming or something hmm. um, but those were the only three that didn't take off immediately uh, most people I felt really sweet with you know when someone comes into your house it's like a very warm right feeling. yeah um and they feel like they're in their house like we i don't have family pictures up on the walls i tried to keep it really like so they could feel like it was their own and that was something i learned from eva longoria because one she when she was on the show i was upstairs i mean i had to run upstairs and change in my closet whatever it was not glamorous anyway but i was really it took me a minute to get dressed and when i came down i realized enough time had passed that she welcomed me into my own living room like she had already taken <laughs> over and and it was an amazing interview because she felt that comfortable. And so I started staying upstairs on purpose and letting people come in and inhabit the space so that they would feel not like they were on the hot seat, but like they were part of the scene. Mm. And that thing that really worked for the show. That's really brilliant. You gave them a minute to relax. You gave them a minute to kind of take it all in without you there right. observing them. Right, right. Exactly. Right. And so oh, in the very early days, I would have to rush home, you know, from whatever else I was doing at NBC. And I did everything myself. I baked the cookies. I made the coffee. And Ralph Macchio came over. Mm. And it's just my cameraman and, and Ralph and myself. And he did something so interesting. I laid he out the He did the, the kick. He, he did this and did the kick. He did. And it was so awkward because he's, you know, old. <laughs> uh, older, not old, just older. Anyway, he came in. So I laid out three mugs. And he said, oh, which one is your special mug? And lo and behold, I did have a special mug. Mm-hmm. You know, though they all look the same. One was very precious to me. And he was so lovely like that, you know, mm. uh, very considerate. I, no one has ever, most of us would grab it. So the fact that he like took a moment and considered me was very lovely. Uh, oh my God, I, he must be great in bed. I never considered him like that. But any guy that is going to consider your mug, oh my God, he must be... Well, awesome in bed he waxed on and waxed off i need to wax on and wax off to him (laughs) he he paint the fence paint the fence (laughs) i loved him i really loved him gosh there was so oh you know who else i love come to think of it was uh when lisa kudrow came on i offered her baked goods as always and she was like ew no and i was like 
a fan. I'm like, why? She's like, because I want to be thin. And I thought, well, that's, you know, everyone else just demurred or whatever. But she just like went right to it. I want to be skinny and that won't help. And I love people who are like that honest, you know? Right, right. Or, um, yeah, so many people got so honest so quickly. Uh, I don't know, maybe they, maybe everyone does that everywhere. But to me, it felt like it got very intimate very quickly with a lot of people. And I uh, enjoyed it so much. I really enjoyed the opportunity to get to ask questions that... Um, you know, when you have a camera and you are holding the mic, you can ask stuff that you wouldn't ask at a dinner party. And uh, I'm so curious. And so I really like to know what people are thinking. And so that show gave me an opportunity to legitimately lean in. I mean, when you're mm. on that teeny tiny stoop and the stairs were very thin, you know, and there was a bulldog. So it was like close quarters. And um, I think that had something to do with the success of the show, frankly, because it did give people a different feeling than being on a set with a lot of lights and a lot of people. It felt more genuine and more more relatable rather than you behind a desk and them in a chair or you yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It was it was an, it was a very unique environment that I still have not seen to this day. Well, you know, now everyone's doing podcasts from everywhere, I guess, right? Like everybody has a celebrity interview show, I think now. <laughs> Oh. Nah, not, not in the same way and not and not the number of celebrities. I mean, we you know we get somebody traipsing through here once in a while. But I mean, you just had one after another after another. That's mm-hmm. that's very unique. It was. I can't. I mean, it was a crazy thing. I'm so lucky to have had that experience. Oh, I heard another Dan Rather. When Dan Rather, Dan Rather was like in my kitchen pouring his own coffee. It was a crazy moment because my oh, husband God. Yes. And had worked for Dan in the past. And so that was pretty mm-hmm. wild. Um, then when Wilco showed up and they played in my kitchen, that was another. Oh my God. Wilco played in your kitchen. He sure did. Charlie Musselwhite came with Cindy Lauper. That was amazing. Um, oh God, Sweet Honey in the Rock, my faves, was there. I mean, mean, there's so many, but, (laughs) but those were like big, oh, when the Soweto Gospel Choir showed up and, you know, a million (laughs) Africans on the stoop singing, like that was really cool. (laughs) Oh, I have chills thinking about that one. Me too. That was such a cool one. Um, Last one. Sorry, I used to I never talk about the show anymore, but but now that you've asked, uh, Joel Osteen, you know, Pastor Joel Osteen, mm. zil people a week, right? Everyone listens. That guy did his interview, then kicked it on the stoop. We all the cameras were off. We talked for a good another forty five minutes. Oh, not one person stopped. Not one person. It was so bizarre. Like people all over the world flocked to this guy, and that's Brooklyn for you. Everyone's like, oh yeah, look at that guy. Kept right. Walking. Right. Mm-hmm. And they noticed him or they or they didn't notice him. But, you know, as as a New Yorker, we see celebrities all day long. Right. I mean, no, literally, yeah. I, like, like literally I was on the train the other day and like almost half the cast of the bear was there. And I was like, oh, there's Eben. There's that girl. There's, you know, they were all just and nobody was yeah. paying attention. They were all like on their phones like everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Right. They're just people. They're just people. But by the way, I'm glad you brought up the bear. That is the same thing I love about bear, like, and which makes me wish I could be in a kitchen, which I can't because everyone would be dead. But, you know, these like the, the fire and the thing and everyone's yelling and cursing and it's amazing. That is how I feel about doing this renovation work with the guys. Everyone is loud and there's tools and there's yelling and I've got music going and I thrive on that. And I Roll love the, the camera. Exactly. <laughs> Roll tape. Roll tape. Roll tape. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I something's got to give. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Cat Greenleaf, one of my just ride or die best friends, favorite people in the whole wide world, and this amazing project that you're doing, and and the fact that you always have something going on that is 
beyond yourself is incredible. And I, you know, I've met your kids. Obviously, I know your kids. Um, they will all they'll get scholarships. So don't worry about spending their money. On, on <laughs> project. They're really, really smart kids, and they're going to get all kinds of scholarships. So you don't need to worry about that. They're smarter than that. they're smarter than all three of us put together. <laughs> well, that probably wouldn't be hard. Um, I do just want to say for you guys, congratulations on this show. I am Thank thrilled you. for you. You're knocking it out of the park. It's a pleasure to listen to. And, you know, more than anything, as Cooper's been saying, we've known each other forever. We've seen each other through a lot of things. And you are killing it right now. You're crushing it, girl. And I'm just really proud of you. Really, yeah. Thank you. It means a lot coming from you, as as Anthony knows, because he knows how I feel about you. 